Welcome to Windsor Christian Fellowship Church Podcast. Our church vision is to win generations to Christ, connect them to His master plan, empower them to succeed, and grow the kingdom of God. For other podcast resources or more information about Windsor Christian Fellowship, please visit us at www.wcf.ca. Are you ready for the word? <laughs> Amen. Okay, Pastor Rick and I have started a series, um, and we're all lifesavers. How many know we're lifesavers? And last week, we gave you lifesavers. We're not going to give them to you this week. We did in the first service because we forgot to give them last week uh, in the first service. But um, how many still have your lifesaver? How many ate it? Most of you ate it. Okay. I want to talk about, uh, we're going to be doing a baby dedication in about half an hour from now. And, um, but I want to, I want to relate that to soul winning because how many know when you lead somebody to the Lord, somebody is being spiritually born again and they are a new person in Christ. The Bible says they're a new person in Christ. The old has passed away. Behold, all things are new. And obviously when you have a baby, you end up, um, giving birth to a baby and, and before you have that baby, once you know you're expecting, you prepare, right? I don't know too many people that knew they were pregnant, had a baby, went through a whole period of time, the whole pregnancy, go had the baby and did not do any preparation for that baby. In fact, most people, if not all, will get, uh, you know, a room ready and they'll buy supplies. They'll often have a shower, you know, especially if it's their first one. And they will do everything they need to do in order to have uh, things prepared so that when they bring that baby home from the hospital, they have everything they need to make sure the baby's well taken care of, right? And, uh, and so that's what we do. And when we do that, uh, we're, 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 we're wanting to make sure we're the best we can be for that baby. And when we want to be the best, it's because we care and we love that baby. You know, when you have a baby uh, in the natural, you want to just give it the best. You expect the best. You believe the best for that baby. And, and you want to do everything you can to take care of it. Now, the problem is sometimes as Christians, when we lead somebody to the Lord, we're not really prepared or wanting to take responsibility for their spiritual growth and their maturity. When really we have an obligation and a responsibility to the people that God puts in our life that we end up winning to the Lord. And, um, and that can vary in different degrees of what that responsibility looks like. But what we have to know is we are trying to get to a place where every one of us becomes very conscious of lost people and realizes that we're called by God as ambassadors for Christ to reconcile people to God. That's our responsibility. That's what we're called to do. And God doesn't give you more than you can handle. But what we're putting it out to the congregation is we want every one of you to believe that there is at least one person out there that you can win and touch for Jesus in the next year. If everybody in this church wins one person to the Lord in the next year, this church would be double its size in a year. But one of the problems with, um, that we find, anyway, as leaders, and, and uh, it's is, is not so much that we, don't, we have a lot of problems getting people to church or getting people even to pray a prayer, but it's the follow-up. It's the taking care of those people. And that's why so many people don't stay. They end up backsliding, and they end up uh, 
losing what they got in the first place. And so that's what I want to address today. I want to read in um, 1 Peter 5, 2 to 4. It says, care for the flock that God has entrusted to you. Now, you might say, well, that's for pastors. Well, no, it's not just for pastors. If you have been entrusted to win somebody to the Lord and to be the person, the, the means of which they come to know Jesus, then that's part of your flock in the sense that you have a responsibility to follow up that person. And it says, um, watch over them willingly, not grudgingly, not for what you will get out of it, but because you are, are eager to serve God. Don't lord it over the people assigned to your care, but lead them by your own good example. And when the great shepherd appears, you will receive a crown of never-ending glory and honor. How many want never-ending glory and honor? I mean, that's good. That's a good reward. Never-ending glory and honor. But how do you get that never-ending glory and honor? By taking care of the ones that God has entrusted to you. And I'm going to give you some simple instructions of how to take care of those people that God puts in your path. Now, you have to realize that when you have a baby, and I just talked about that, you prepare ahead of time. So you make sure that you're in a, a right mental state where you know, I have to take care of this baby. I have to be responsible for them. And so therefore, I'm going to have certain things in place. So when this baby comes home, I have what I need ready and available so that I can be good at parenting this baby. Correct? That's what we do. Well, we need to do the same thing for that person that you're believing for. Or maybe there's more than one. But if, you know, whether it's one, two, or three people that you're believing God for, you need to be mentally ready that when they come in, that you're going to do what it takes to make sure that they get the follow-up they need, that they get the help they need, that you're going to make sure that whatever is going on in their life, that they're going to be ready. And I'm going to give you some pointers of how to do that. The first thing when somebody comes to the Lord, first of all, when you, get, when you have a baby coming home from the hospital, there's some sacrifices you have to make, like sleep, right? You know, you sacrifice sleep because that baby, when it comes home, it doesn't care what your schedule is. It doesn't know that 2 o'clock in the morning is not a good time to wake you up. And so, therefore... You know, at 2 o'clock, if it's hungry, it's going to cry, and it's going to, you know, demand your time. And, and as a parent, you've got to accommodate the baby. And the baby also makes a lot of messes, especially diaper messes. <laughs> and when the baby makes messes, you have a responsibility to clean that baby up, right? You can't just leave it. You need to take care of it. And then the baby's going to cost you money, Diapers are expensive. You know, there's a lot of cost to having a baby. So you need to have, you need to make some, you know, a little bit of financial sacrifice for that baby. Actually, a lot, if you really consider how much it costs to raise a child. But, um, you know, there, there are certain things that you need to be prepared to do and willing to do to take care of a newborn baby coming home from the hospital. Well, in the same way, when you have a new Christian, you have to recognize that there are certain things that you have a responsibility. You've got to sacrifice some time. You may have to sacrifice some money. You may have to sacrifice, uh, the, so, you know, putting up with their quirky behavior. Or with them saying and doing things that, uh, you know, could be uh, an inconvenience or bother you. Because you have to understand a baby Christian is not a mature Christian. A baby Christian doesn't know the gospel very well. They don't know what they're supposed to act like. They don't know exactly how they're supposed to believe. They don't know a lot of things. And so they're going to make and they're going to do a lot of things wrong. And we have to be 
very patient and gentle with them when they do things wrong. You know, when you have a young child, you have a, a baby learning how to walk. And when that baby takes a few steps and falls down, you don't say to that baby, you should have walked. You shouldn't have fallen. You blew it. Right? You don't, you don't point a finger and start making demands of that baby that it can't possibly do because it's not mature enough yet. And sometimes we do that as Christians where we, we make demands when, when a new Christian, you know, messes up or, you know, makes a mistake. We, we point the finger and we make them feel shamed or judge them because they're not walking maturely like us. Quiet in here. <laughs> we have to learn it takes several years for a Christian to reach a point of maturity. And, and you know, in the church, there's Christians of all um, ages, like you have your baby Christians, you have toddler Christians, you have young children, you know, that are spiritually, you know, they're still young children, and then you have teenage Christians. And, uh, you know, and so you have them at all different ages, and so they're all going to act according to their maturity. But our job as a parent with a child is to get them to adulthood and to help them navigate all the different phases that they go through so that they can become a mature adult and be productive and do well in life. And that's what we need to do. And so we have to recognize that the new Christians aren't going to say everything right. They're not going to do anything, everything right. They're going to make mistakes. We don't want to condemn them and shame them and humiliate them for that. But we want to encourage them and love them and pray for them and help them get up and walk and, and, and become the Christian that God's called them to be. And don't, you know, uh, just encourage them, even if they make mistakes in how they do things. Because they will mess up. Now, when someone comes to the Lord, and I'm going to give you a few tips of what your responsibility is when you lead somebody to the Lord. And the first thing you need to do is call them within 24 hours to 48 hours tops. And there's a reason for that. And I'm going to read some scripture here. Um, actually, just let me skip ahead. I have to kind of miss, skip a lot of my notes this morning because of um, the dedication. So I have to be done sooner. Um, Okay, this is the parable of the sower, and it's Matthew 13, 3 to 9. It says, listen, a farmer went out to plant seeds. He scattered them across the field. Some seeds fell on a footpath, and the birds came and ate them. Other seeds fell on shallow soil with underlying rock. And the, the seeds sprouted quickly because the soil was shallow. Shallow. But the plants soon wilted under the hot sun, and since they didn't have deep roots, they died. Okay, so that part of the parable, the parable we all know, the seed is the word of God that is sown out into the hearts of people. Now that first ground that was hard where it didn't even get into the person are the people that we share our faith with that don't grow at all. They don't even receive God at all. And so that's the one that's kind of just falls by the wayside. The, the seed goes right away. It doesn't do anything. But then there's those where the seed gets into them, but it's in shallow soil. So in other words, there's no roots yet. So that new believer that you just led to the Lord has shallow ground. The seed's there, it's in their heart, but it has not had the opportunity to grow roots. And so therefore, it could easily be uprooted. So the reason why it's really important that you call them is because you need to make sure that they understand what they did and that you're there for them to support them and answer questions for them and to encourage them and to spend time with them so that the enemy, when he tries to come and steal the seed from them, he won't be able to. Now, how do you do that? 
there's lots of things. You can just call them and, and you know, invite them out for coffee or invite them over. Um, you know, talk to them, ask them, do you have any questions? And don't be afraid to ask if they have questions because even if you don't have the answers, just tell them, you know what, I'll get the answer for you and I'll get right back to you on that right? And don't get into an argument with them. Get to know them. Develop a relationship with them. Show an interest in what they're interested in. Don't, you know, slam them because they uh, may believe some weird things right now. You know, they might bring in the fact that they believe in karma and, you know, some other weird things. Don't say, oh, well, that's not the devil. <laughs> right? Don't, don't attack what they believe. That's one of the silly things they'll say before they know better, right? Because they don't, they don't know. And so just love them. Show a genuine interest in them. Trust God that he will show them what's right and wrong in time through his spirit, right? And that's very important. So you have a responsibility in those early days to be there as much as you can for them and get them hooked into uh, programs or a Bible study or, or, you know, something where they can get some more growth and teaching and nurturing and, and help get other people involved in, in with them. And, and, you know, that's why we do what we do with this church. That's why we have so many empowerment classes and, and we have our connect nights and we have, um, you know, we have things like Celebrate Recovery and we have uh, Encounter Weekends and we have a food bank and we have a woman's home and we have, you know, all kinds of things. The empowerment classes are geared to help people in various areas of their life so that if they're struggling with their marriage or in parenting or, you know, with an addiction or with... Um, uh, I don't know, finances, whatever. We have all that stuff available at some point so that, we can, so that you can make sure they get in those classes. And maybe you might even have to go to the class with them to get them there. You might have to say, listen, there's a great class. I'll, I'll take you there. I'll go with you. Even though you might have already taken it until they get established. And we have that responsibility, so especially those earlier years. Another thing is teach them the parable that I just read, the parable of the sower and the seed. You know, when I was first a Christian, the person that led me to the Lord, one of the first things he did was he sat down and read me the parable of the sower and the seeds. He told me that I should try and memorize it. Back then, we used to memorize lots of scripture. They were, the organization I got saved through, they were into memorizing one scripture a day. So they told me that I needed to do that. So I did. And so I memorized a lot of scripture. But the parable of the sower and the seed was the parable that stopped me from backsliding many times in my earlier years as a Christian. Because somebody sat down and explained that parable to me and explained, you know what? You just gave your heart to Jesus and there's a real devil out there and he's going to try and steal the word of God from you. And these are all the ways he's going to try and do it. And every time I was in one of those tests, I remember, because I had that word in my heart, I remember thinking, I don't want to be, I don't want the word stolen from me. And so I'm going to stick through this, right? And so we need to teach that parable. Jesus told his disciples, if you don't understand this parable, you won't understand any of the others. In other words, this is the foundational parable that Jesus taught. So we need to teach it to a new believer. Because it goes on and he says there, um, but the plants that walked under the hot, uh, sorry, wilted under the hot sun, they, and they didn't have deep roots, they died. Other seeds fell among thorns that grew up and choked out the tender plants. So the thorns are a couple of things. There's several things that will rob a person of their faith in those early years. One is offense. And so you need to teach a new Christian that 
when they come to church, a church consists of a lot of people that are very imperfect. In fact, if there is a perfect person in this church right now, stand up. And I need to sit down, okay? Because nobody here is perfect. In fact, we have in this church baby Christians, toddler Christians, young Christians, teenage Christians, and mature Christians. And at different phases, a lot of people will say and do stupid things. Right? And we all have blind spots. We all have things that we do unintentionally that can offend people. And, uh, and sometimes we, you know, out of our immaturity, make demands of people that they're not ready for. Or we, you know, just can't meet somebody's expectation that they have of us. And, and so no matter how hard you try, one of the biggest problems or one of the biggest questions, I guess, or challenges is a better word, that I get from people when I share the word of God with them is that I went to a church and they're all a bunch of hypocrites. And I got hurt and offended in that church. Guess what? You will get hurt and offended in any community of human beings. <laughs> I don't care whether it's at work, in your family, um, you know, friends, church, where there's people that you have to be in any kind of a relationship with, you're going to have opportunity for hurt and offense. So that's not an excuse for not serving God. I always tell people, if you, if you abandon God because of what somebody does, then you have judged, then you had your eyes on people and not on God. Because everybody's going to get hurt and disappointed by somebody at some time in any kind of a community, including the church community. You will never find a perfect church no matter where you go because the church is just made up of imperfect people, right? And that's just a fact. We can't ever possibly meet everybody's expectation. But you see, when you have a young believer, these are things you need to teach them to prepare them because they're going to go through those tests. And then the other thing is persecution because now they're a Christian and so that's not going to be well accepted by everybody that's not a Christian, you know, so they're going to find people in their life, you know, that they, they know from work or friends or things they used to party with. And maybe they, they're, you know, changing and those people don't like the changes. Or maybe they're at work and they happen to tell people they're a Christian. And so now all of a sudden they're the brunt of a bunch of jokes. And so they have to be prepared that that might happen. And what are they going to do? How are they going to handle that? You know, and share your stories and your victories and how you dealt with it. And, and what helped you get through those kinds of things. Because you need to be there for them. You need to be able to help them understand that this isn't, oh, give your life to the Lord and everything's going to be perfect for the rest of your life. You're going to have tests and challenges and it's not always going to be easy. So this is what, you know, you as the person that led them to the Lord needs to spend time with them. Don't preach at them right away, but first develop a relationship. Find common interests. Become friends with them. Help meet their needs. Really care about them. But as you have opportunities, start to teach them some things that will help them and get them hooked in to different programs and things that will also benefit them. And that's what you're called to do. You're responsible. You don't just lead somebody to the Lord and say, okay, you're on your own. I did my job. 
right? We're supposed to take care of each other, but especially those that God has put across our path. And then, of course, the last part of that parable is um, still other seeds fell on fertile soil and they produced a crop that was 30, 60, and even 100 times as much as had been planted. Anyone who has ears to hear should listen and understand. So, of course, if we can navigate the new believer through all of those obstacles and trials and things that they're going to face, then, you know, we need to get them established and, and, and a you know, a foundational course. We have the connect or the, yeah, the connect class here at the church and, or maybe you have a Bible study or go to a Bible study or know of some other way that they can get that foundation laid in their life. Don't just tell them where it is. Take them to it, right? Take them because chances are they're not going to go in with a bunch of strangers by themselves. That's the cost. We need to pay the cost. And so if we're going to win the loss for Jesus, and if we're all going to win somebody in the next year, you know, one of the things I've seen over the years, there's a lot of people that come to this church, but they're gone because they didn't have anybody taking care of them. And Pastor Rick and I can't take care of every person by ourselves. We're not physically able to do it. All we can do is put as much in place to make it easier for you. But we need you to reach out and to help and to minister to those young people, young believers, regardless of their age. And then when you need help doing that, we'll do our best to make sure you have what you need. Right? And it's not always that hard. I had somebody come up to me right after the first service. And told me that I did that for them. And all I did was I went out with them for lunch one day and got them plugged into an area of the church that could help benefit them and the needs they had. And I haven't even talked to that person since. But I made sure they got plugged in and were taken care of. And then continued to pray for them. Because that's the other thing you need to do with a new believer is pray for them every day. And ask God what you can do for them. How you can bless them. How you can encourage them. How you can help meet their needs. God gives us opportunity, but he's, he wants us to be faithful. To take care of those young baby Christians. Just like we would take care of the babies that we're going to dedicate this morning. It's so important that we take care of them. And that we love them and genuinely care for them. And put up with whatever messes they make. Be patient with them. That's what God's looking for all of us. And we all have the ability to do it. If God allows you to connect with somebody and uses you to win them to him or to bring them to the church, whatever way it happens. And next week, we're going to talk about the six different ways to evangelize. There's six different methods. And we're going to teach you next week what those six methods are. And most of you are wired for one or two of those ways. And so that's the way you use, right? The way God wired you. And and you'll learn a lot more. I'm jumping ahead here. But there's opportunities all around us. And sometimes we miss an opportunity.
opportunities are all around us. And sometimes it just takes a simple gesture and, be, and making friends with somebody and then inviting them to something that we're doing, like the volleyball or basketball, I mean. And, uh, and just, you know, then taking that next step, right? And how we can make such a difference in a person's life. Or we can just let those opportunities pass by and not be there for people. See, God's looking for people that want to reach out and touch a lost and dying world. And it's simple. It's not that complicated. It's not that hard. And Pastor Rick and I are going to endeavor to equip you as best we can. Uh, next week we'll be sharing, and uh, we're going to be on holidays after that, but then we'll be back and do more sharing. But just we want you to be able to be the body of Christ, to be the the, the arms and the, the hands and the feet of, of God, to reach out and love and bless and reach people that are so needed and so I want all of you to be just praying right now who that person is that God wants you to be there for to share your faith with or maybe you just recently led somebody to the Lord but to make sure you're reaching out to that person and and making sure that they're taken care of like a baby that just was born that you will make sure the needs of that that child, is, that young believer is, is, is taken care of. See, we all have a responsibility. We're a community. And we need to help one another, too. Obviously, you know, taking care of a baby, you know, you need help. Right? You need to incorporate support and help sometimes. And God has people around you that are, are more than willing and able to help. But you got to take some steps. We can't all do it by ourselves. And that doesn't always guarantee success, but at least we know we've done everything we can do, right? We've done everything that we can do to make sure that, that we're not responsible for somebody falling away from the Lord because of negligence or not willing to pay a price or spend the time that we need to. I find a great meeting place is Starbucks and Tim Hortons. It's a great place to meet people, to, you know, to, to share your faith with or to just follow up and get to know people. You know, if you don't want to bring them to your home, then go somewhere else and do it. You know, there's a little bit of cost in that, but hey, it's worth it, right? When you can win lost people and, and become friends with people. And so we have to recognize God has put a responsibility on us and every there's somebody in this world that only you can reach, that nobody else can reach. And God's just waiting for you to show up and say, I'm ready, I'm willing, and I'm, I'll do whatever I'm called to do. That's what he's looking for. And he's not going to put up more than you can handle. When you have natural babies, in most cases, you only have one at a time. Sometimes you might have two. Much rarer times, you might have three. <laughs> I know we do have some people in our church that have had three. But, um, you know, God knows what you can handle. And you know what? When the triplets were born, a lot of people in the church rallied around and helped, right? And that's what we need to do in the spirit realm, too, for, for new believers. We need to rally around and help. If somebody's just all of a sudden led a whole group to the Lord, hey, a bunch of you jump in there and be a part of, of, of that. And so... You know, we have a responsibility to take care of the baby Christians if we want to keep them from falling away. That's our job. And I'm talking all of us. That's our job.